Welcome to Marvel Us. I'm your host, Tom Laurie, joined by my sister. Leona Routledge. Wow. Um, <laughs> Legally, it's Leona Laurie, actually. <laughs> well, I, I, I wondered. Uh, <laughs> and tonight we're talking about from 2021, written by Eric Pearson and directed by Kate Shortland. Black Widow. <laughs> Would you like to recap the plot of this movie? Let me see if I can remember it. It's been a while since I saw it. After the Avengers had an adventure of some description, but before <laughs> the final adventure. Where does it fall in the timeline? I, it's before... It's uh, after Civil War, before... Okay, Infinity after War. Civil War. Okay. After the Civil War created the rift in the Avengers... Uh, Black Widow went off by herself to get away from it all and used a fixer guy we've never seen or heard of before, but who she has some chemistry and history with, apparently, mm -hmm. to set up a completely off-the-grid place. And uh, when she was exchanging innuendos with him as he was departing, he handed her a box of mail taken from another bolt hole that she has in another city that he referenced. And in that mail was a package from a girl who had once been her sister. We learn in a flashback that part of her red room conditioning as a child was that she was part of a sleeper cell, not sleeper cell, like deep undercover, um, Soviet agents in the United States in the in the late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. The Americans, but not as good. Exactly. Where her dad is Stranger Things, a.k.a. Um, Captain Communism, I think his name was. <laughs> the Red, Red Menace. Guardian. The Red Menace. Red Guardian. <laughs> Red Guardian. <laughs> and her mom was a scientist, and her sister was a little girl who didn't know any better. And so she is portrayed as an angsty 12-ish-year-old girl, and they're all in Ohio. And uh, their objective, after being deep undercover in Ohio for years, uh, was for the Red Guardian, undercover working at a nuclear plant, to extract some uh, information. And when he succeeded... Their cover was blown, and they had to leave the country quickly, where they returned to communism via Cuba, and the Red Guardian very casually allowed his uh, fake daughters to be taken off to the Red Room, and their somewhat dispassionate mother went back to her research. And so... Well, she gets shot in the... Um, oh, she was shot, in yeah, the in their escape. escape. So they aren't sure if mm -hmm. she lived or died, but she lived. And went back to her research. So right. uh, here Black Widow is trying to get away from it all after having her found family of the Avengers split up. And she finds this piece of mail from the girl who used to be her sister 
that girl never escaped the Red Room, and she has been an assassin for the Red Room ever since. And the Red Room has evolved from using uh, brainwashing to using... uh, Mind control gas. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceutical brainwashing, basically. And so there's an antidote gas that evaporates the effect of the mind-controlled drugs and frees your mind. And so uh, while under the control of the mind-control drug... Um, sister uh, killed one of her former Red Room pals and then that girl shot her in the face with antidote gas and then she's like oh no what did I do and the other girl is like I'm dying but now you have to carry on the mission of spraying this gas into the face of every girl from the Red Room so they're free and uh, so knowing that she was going to get in trouble she shipped this uh, antidote gas to her old sister's uh, bolt hole apartment that she apparently also knows about and then uh, helper man took it away and gave it to black widow and uh, then she's just driving around with this mail that she wants to get rid of because she's like don't bring me stuff from one of my other identities um when this uh, sort of like hyper-focused assassin in a face-concealing helmet who is a world-class mimic of fighting shows up, finds her, and then fights her to try to get these vials of antidote gas away from her. Uh, And Black Widow is like, what the what? And then she goes to do investigating by returning to her other bolt hole, which is in, I want to say Slovakia, but it's not, is it? Where is it? Starts with a B, maybe? Budapest. Budapest. Oh, right. And that's like something happened in Budapest with Hawkeye. One of the two uh, backstory elements we know about Black Widow. The the Red Room and Budapest did something in Budapest with Hawkeye in the past. Yeah. Uh, so she gets to her bolt hole there. It's, it's riddled with bullet holes. What? Cause something went down there one time. And, and arrows. Oh, and arrows. Yeah. Then she has a fighty reunion with her not little sister, um, who probably has a name. Let's say Katya. What's her um, name? Yelena. Yelena. Played by Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh was excellent in that role. I have to say not so good that I remembered her name, but. Excellent. So, like, she she did a good job of establishing a successor for Black Widow that I'm looking forward to seeing again, which I didn't think would happen. So good job, you, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Florence Pugh. So, okay, so they have a fighty reunion, and then uh, little sister is like, you're my sister, and, and she's like, I was never really your sister. And then um, she's like, the Red Room still exists, and it uses mind control drugs and... I'm going to stop it. And then Black Widow's like, no, it doesn't. That's no way. And then the Red Room attacks them and they get in a big um, battle with them. And then she sees evidence that the Red Room does still exist. So then they have to figure out where it is. And she has an idea of who could help it. It turns out to be their fake dad. Um, And so he's in some Siberian prison. And uh, so they bust him out of prison and and he has no self-awareness and no appreciation for how much trauma he did to these girls by shipping them off to the Red Room. But he does know where their fake mom is 
and uh, Black Widow knows that she was a scientist person, so they figure she can help them with science, and um, I think they need help creating more of this mind control antidote from her. No, they I think they think they have the same amount. No, they they have the same. <laughs> they just bundle, need more. bundle of vials through the whole thing. They just need she because she's making the mind control drug. Oh, so she knows where it goes to. No, but she also is from a previous generation of the Red Room, which yeah, I think is like, information I mean, disclosed at about this know, time. Uh, anyway. Yes. But like she so, knows where the Red Room is. They find her there. where she uh, is raising pigs uh, that are mind controlled through an iPad where she can like tell a pig to stop breathing and it will literally just stop and then die if she doesn't tell it to start again with her iPad. And they're like, this is terrible. And so then they work out their family drama, uh, which is you are the mother who both gave us the strength to survive and abandoned us to this life you knew. And she's like, I'm a little bit broken because I was brainwashed my whole life. And um, our family time was the only time that I was like kind of a person. And now you're kind of awakening something in me, or are you? And then uh, red guardian is like, I don't see what the big deal is about me abandoning all of you guys. I was kind of famous then. And then they're like, Hey man, have a heart. And he's like, mm-hmm, I'm going to wear my old suit. And then, um, mom reveals that she has called in red room, bad guy leader on them and reported them. And so, uh, he comes with his flying city to say the reason nobody can find the red room is because it's in a flying city now. And so then, um, most of the rest of the movie is fight sequences happening in the red rooms, flying city and deceptions where it turns out that during family drama working out, um, mom and black widow, traded faces using face-off technology and um then they're able then also it's revealed that the um single-minded assassin is the daughter of the red room's creator whom scarlet joe uh excuse me my neighbor just walked naked in front of a window in front of me with the lights on so uh, i got distracted anyway uh black widow one of her missions earlier in her life to free herself from the Red Room was, she thought, successfully killing this Red Room creator and, unfortunately, his collateral damaged daughter, but she failed on both counts. And instead, he's been mind-controlling his daughter to be his ultimate assassin machine ever since and continuing to do his thing. And so then uh, they are successful in overthrowing him and freeing all of the Red Room girls from mind control. And then the Flying City crashes to the ground, and um, the former Red Room girls welcome uh, assassin daughter, who's also been freed from her mind control, to be one of them. And they go off with Mom to probably start something we're going to hear about again in the future. And... uh, does does Red Guardian go with them too, maybe? And um, also Florence yeah. Pugh. And then um, Black Widow's like, I'm going to be a lone wolf here and let the uh, guys who want to 
keep tabs on me because of civil war, find me instead of all of you. The end. Well, and then she gets um, the uh, Quinjet from her friend guy. Oh, and yeah. goes off to do Infinity War. And post credits, um, Florence oh, yeah. Pugh goes to her grave and is like, oh, I'm very sad. And then uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is there and like, hey, remember me from the TV shows? That's where you're going, baby. Is she? Yeah, she's going. uh, She gives her the mission to kill Hawkeye. And one of the next TV shows is Hawkeye. (sighs) That's right. We'll be introduced to the replacement Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop. But you know, What If starts uh, soon. The animated one with uh, Captain Captain Carter. (laughs) Oh yeah. What did I say? No, you said you said that. I just, I just thought it. I thought "what if" was oh. part of the sentence and not no. <laughs> not the title of the thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I feel like that was like two hours of talking to get through that meandering plot synopsis. So sorry. I mean, it was a lot less than two hours, but it it felt uh, you know, felt as long as it did watching it. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think of it? Um. I would describe it as serviceable. Like, you know, I I think that if it had come out when it was originally intended to, and if I'd seen it in the theater, which I didn't, I chose the Disney Plus streaming option and watched it on a friend's home entertainment system with motion smoothing, which I felt was very distracting from the effects and whatnot. I don't I don't prefer it. Um Like, see, what I've determined during this last year and a half, seeing something for the first time on TV without the, without kind of being cut off from normal life, like you are in a movie theater and having that Coke that I'm so looking forward to, like, even if I have a Coke, it's not the same as like the fountain Coke you get at the theater. And, um... Like, the fact that you can pause it and that unless you have, like, a super fancy setup, it's not going to be pitch black all around you while you're watching it. Like, it's not the same. And I think that the movie probably would have improved some in my esteem if I had seen it in the theater. But also, like, I never really wanted to see this one in the theater because it always looked kind of like it was going to be um, an off note for the MCU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found the Russian accents that everyone but Black Widow's doing so distracting. Like, if mm-hmm. if all four of these quasi-family members spent three years deep undercover in Ohio and mastered American accents in mm-hmm. that time in order to blend in, and they're all speaking English to each other again, then why are three out of four of them having these come and go accents through the whole thing like yeah well i, I get it in the sense that they all went back to russia where but, she didn't but also that like that none of them there's no like code switch at any point for any of them that uh and you you got to imagine florence Pugh's accent isn't lasting through uh the rest of her participation you know like and you know, presumably, I, I would imagine David Harbor coming back as well. But yeah, it uh, 
Like, but like the whole thing is that Black Widow is supposed to have picked up that perfect American accent because of the Red Room, and Florence Pugh has been in the Red Room. So like why and and Mom is like a an alumnus of the Red Room. So no, yeah, why like, aren't all it, three of know, them speaking it, it, flawless they, American? Or why isn't she slipping back into a Russian accent? You know. Or like, why aren't uh, they just speaking Russian if that's their mutual native language? That's the other thing is like she also does speak some Russian in the movie, but sounds like an american speaking it's uh it's very it's all very weird especially when uh ray winston who is like the big bad who runs the red room enters and is doing the worst russian accent i've ever heard like literally sounds like a he sounds like bob hoskins doing uh his brooklyn accent in the super mario brothers movie it's uh it's inscrutable it it, it like can't i cannot make heads or tail of like what why him why why cast <laughs> this british dude who cannot do any other accent at all instead of you know there's got to be some you know there are plenty of uh russian and other varied eastern european guys of similar caliber who have been similar characters in like all of the john wick movies like you know there's there's plenty of uh get a get a peter stormare in there or something like so many other options for for a guy, you need to be menacing and do a, a Russian accent. It uh, well, it really highlighted the the weirdness of the choice. There's an episode of Wonder Woman from season one when it was still set in <laughs> World War Two, mm-hmm. where uh, the Nazi leader and his uh, guy he's getting ready to send off on his mission greet each other in German with just something like "Heil Hitler," and and then. Mm-hmm. The leader says, let's speak in English in case someone's <laughs> listening to us. Yeah. And I like that scene totally like is burned in my brain funny because who would be listening to the Germans during World War II? Uh, the English and the Americans probably speaking in English would not have disguised what they're talking. So haha, and you, Wonder Woman. But also then they go to these really hammy German accents that are so bad and that is exactly what this whole movie reminded me of with like three out of four family members speaking English with bad Russian accents instead of just like speaking American or speaking Russian. Just annoying. Other than that, like, I thought that it was a good introduction for Florence Pugh. I thought she was a lot more compelling than I would have expected her to be. I liked the sort of bratty little sister vibe and also like, you know... I think the version of Black Widow that we've been seeing since she was introduced is somebody who's been integrated into American society for a while and free of the Red Room for a while. And Florence Pugh, having been free of the Red Room for like as long as we've been watching the film, because it happens early in the film, gets herself a vest with a lot of pockets on it. And she is really stoked about how cool it is because it's fashion and she just picked it for herself. And, you know, there are some moments like that, like... Black Widow's helper man gets her a fake passport with the name Fanny Longbottom on it. Fanny means vagina in England Mm -hmm. and uh, makes a crack about how he did wrong by her. And then at the end, uh, Sis has a dog called Fanny. And, you know, there there's some moments where you're like, I'm going to like seeing this Florence Pugh character come back around. Yelena, whose name Mm -hmm. I remember now. Um, but overall, I would have to classify it as, um, 
met my low expectations, pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would call it a uh, perfunctory. <laughs> like they sure did have to do this eventually, and it would have <laughs> been way more interesting if they had done it when it actually integrated with any of the plot line. Because like that's the other thing is like the only ways this connects to anything are. Uh, here's where she got that vest and that jet they fly around in the next movie. Like, mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Um, and also, she's dead, so who who cares about anything to do with her, really? And they don't really give you anything to care about with her. The most interesting characters are uh, 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 David Harbour and Florence Pugh. So, and they're not dead and are probably going to come back, so that's cool. But, like, uh, I don't know, it, like... There, there are other things they could have done that would have been more interesting of, like, actually doing something about her past, like, a story in her past, or leaning harder on that American's idea of, like, like spending more time there. Um, I, I don't know. I just think uh, what they settled on ultimately felt felt like a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for an introduction to characters who will continue to matter. Hmm. No, I think that's a very good one word review, Tom. Perfunctory. Also that, uh, the opening credits, the, uh, slowed down, uh, melancholic cover of smells like teen spirit. Always a bad sign. I guess they got a discount on the Nirvana catalog or something for the MCU female led films. Oh, right. I forgot they had one in um, Captain Marvel as well. At least it was the actual song in that, though. Yeah, the actual anachronism, you mean? Well, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll take an actual or anachronism over the uh, moody, moody cover any day. What do you think of the um, mind control serum plot device? I felt like this movie had a lot of throwback energy that came off feeling lazy instead of retro. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you could have taken a lot of the choices they made, dropped them into a Bond movie made in the mid-60s, and have them fit right in. And I'll tell you what, a mind control serum with a gas you spray in someone's face to relieve them from it Mm -hmm. is like very 1960s 70s action Mm -hmm. adventure but it it didn't have any kind of retro flair in this like there was no kitsch and and no wink nothing to say the choice to have russian accents on english-speaking characters and you know all of these (laughs) girls who are doing like coordinated tai chi kind of moves in a Flying City, like, all of it was so early Bond, but without anything to suggest to the audience that it was on purpose or a tribute or a, a, you know, nothing to say, this is, this is old school on purpose, which just made it feel lazy. Like, what, what are they doing? This is so dated in the Mm -hmm. way that it's been executed. Yeah. It also clashes with what we've seen, but like, you know, the whole winter soldier program Mm -hmm. is Russians using mind control. And it seems 
so much more complicated and like uh, threadbare, like how how you know flimsy their control over Bucky is, but it also feels more tangible. And whereas this is just like so so perfect, it's like why why aren't they using this gas on that guy? I mean, or all all like how the whole plot of uh, Civil War is that they made or these other Winter Soldiers who were so uncontrollable and super super killers, and it's like you know it seems like this gas would have would have done the trick on them. Like it just uh, it's a it's it's too too powerful of a thing. It it you know it opens too many holes and other stuff. While also uh, leaving leaving nothing like n- no interesting motivation for anyone, like I think that's the thing. Like uh, you joked about David Harbor's uh, Red Guardian being so blasé about all of the suffering everyone else is going through, but I really like that because like he's the only one who's like like a part of like <laughs> it's a, it's a really stupid detail, but I also th- found it really funny. He has all these prison tats, and across his knuckles are uh, tat is uh, on each each finger tattooed Karl Marx, and like like he's like uh, when uh, he's like uh, complaining. I think he's complaining to um, his his fake wife uh, uh, Rachel Weiss about all of the things that went wrong when he was supposed to be Red Guardian. And like it's this throwaway line that gets totally walked over, but that he thought. The party should have been more of a party, like like that was his idea for saving communism, and uh, that like that he's a very stupid guy, but that was also you know politically motivated, whereas everyone else is just literally mind controlled. Like there's no ideology driving uh, Natasha or or you know any of the the Blackwood or even um, uh, Ray Winston. Like you don't. There's no goal behind the Red Room other than nebulous, this nebulous idea of power and influence that, like, oh, I have all these girls who can kill whoever. And it's like, to what end? Like, what are, are you getting rich off this? Or, like, what, is, what are you accomplishing here? It's all so, uh, so vague and, uh, like, it's just so hollow. Like, like, you know, at least, like, Hydra, there was, like, you know, there was, like, a, an ideology there that, like, that was, you know, dictating what these guys were, were up to. And you don't get any of that here. It's just, it's just the same ideas, but, um, flimsier. And I, I like, like you were saying, comparing it to bond stuff that like, it does have that feel except for that, uh, black widow's never been funny. So they can't really like, it's, it's an awkward thing through the whole movie that like, uh, like, like Yelena and red guardian are both, cracking wise through the whole thing basically and like you know wind up stealing the show because black widow is just such a nothing character to this point that like she has no real defining characteristics other than being serious well i thought you might appreciate the part during the prison break where david harbour is making some comment about what they've got up to and starting families and stuff. And Yelena's like, no, they took out our, they gave us forced hysterectomies so we can never have children. But the way she says it is like, you douchebag, this is what you signed us up for. Instead of like, so now we are monsters. Right. No. Yeah. I I thought like, I mean, it's a little odd how jokey it is, but I also do appreciate that. Like, like, I I don't know. I thought it was a good scene of uh, like, like him, (laughs) 
like uh, confronting him with it and then also him being grossed out by it like you know that that it, it, even even though he spent so much time in prison that he's ultimately had a pretty easy go of it being a super soldier yeah although i am curious like i i want to see more more of him just because i think david harbour is an entertaining guy but also like when he's telling stories in prison doing arm wrestling with all the other uh prisoners and and trouncing them but like while telling these stories of his epic battles with captain america while we know captain america like you know one of the guys even confronts him that like captain america was on ice when when these stories supposedly happened but then once he's broken out of prison and he's talking with uh, natasha he's like so did did he ever talk about me you know captain america my old adversary like like it seems like he believes he fought captain america at some point so and we know from uh, Isaiah Bradley that there were continuing attempts to make another Captain America. So did he fight another Captain America at some point? And uh, if so, who, you know, I'd like, I'd like to know more about Red Guardian. Hmm. So if nothing else, they did give us um, a couple characters that uh, will be interesting to see more from and uh, did not leave me uh, caring any more about Black Widow than I did going in. <laughs> What do you think of the villains? I I agree with your assessment. Like they're the Bondian villain of like not really having any good reason to want world domination or power, just being like misogyny. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. You think that having a daughter will make me softer towards women? No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's my assassin. I'm using all these worthless girls all over the world. <laughs> I'm a villain. Give me yeah, one million dollars or I'll uh, put a laser on the moon. The the pheromone lockout that prevents them from hurting him also has a real Bond vibe to it. Like, mm-hmm. it, I wasn't thinking about it in the moment. But yeah, it does. It does feel like, uh, I don't know, like uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service or something. That That era of Bond. Yeah, I think, um, I feel like if there'd been a woman at the head of the Red Room, it would have been so much more compelling, you know, like, Mm -hmm. if part of it is forced hysterectomies and having your own daughter be an assassin and, you know, switching from psychological mind control devices to pharmaceutical mind control, like, you know, the Rachel Weisz's character is a little... Like, she seems like, you know, people who you see in those documentaries about cults where it's like, mm. I I know this is a cult, but also, like, I haven't, I haven't been reprogrammed yet. So it's like, uh, the part that I'm doing seems fine and, and I'm happy here. So, like, people say it's wrong, but, like, I'm just going to go over here and do my own thing and not rock the boat. And so, you know, having these girls come and confront her, her reaction differed from their father figure where she was like, okay, I'm going to have this real family now and and take a risk. Um, But I think it would have been more compelling if the person at the head of the Red Room had been her mother figure, you know, like if that was part of the psychological drama playing out with the girls Mm and in the old school way of, you know, like... I'm your nurturing force and and you're doing this for me. And like, if the 
motivation hadn't been misogyny, but demonstrating the value of women as assassins and soldiers and recognizing that like the reason to suppress their impulses and have them under your control was to make them more effective. Like maybe someone rested, somebody said they'll be more effective if their emotions aren't involved in what they're doing and and took control of her project. Or like, I think there's so many different ways that they could have given us the backstory on the red room that would have been more interesting. And I think having that character be a woman instead of a man would be an easy call to make because instead what you wound up with was an old school bond villain and Mm -hmm. not a lot of substance to him putting him on the list of disappointing mcu villains yeah i mean and presumably a woman would have some sort of ideological underpinning to why why do all this and um like what you're saying about the the mind control stuff reminds me of um in the during the cold war the rand corporation did this stuff called game theory where it was like you know gaming out how nuclear war would would work basically and uh (laughs) you know how how to quote unquote win nuclear war and uh from the idea that everyone is working um in like uh selfish self-interest and will do whatever to to survive and to win and then that you know basically that their games always worked out to some sort of uh, global uh, catastrophe but then when they gave the same tasks to the women from the secretarial pool that like you know they didn't go they, they didn't uh, spiral into nuclear annihilation and uh, were able to like compromise and negotiate and stuff because they weren't working from the same um, psychotic ideology and uh, that like the idea of actually have like actually having it's just the mind control stuff that like it it's so it's so nothing whereas if it was like like in, in you know if uh, Natasha reconnecting with her sister was breaking down some sort of brainwashing or ideological like you know if if uh, Yelena was actually invested in some project that the red red room was uh, trying to accomplish rather than getting sprayed in the face with magic gas and now now she's a quirky teen or whatever like like i guess the other weird thing about the gas stuff is like as soon as she's deprogrammed she's just like a goofball like uh just like goofing around you know like like i I don't know i wish there was any sort of uh acknowledgement or comment on that of like oh so like you had this goofball personality that was suppressed by the gas or like or like like you know what what's going on there like where's where's the trauma here like that uh that you're just the uh, you know make making fun of the black widow pose and stuff now that you aren't um mind controlled but uh, you know how how long were i don't know it, it's it's such a lazy device um mm-hmm. lazy device for a lazy villain well and i think the fact that they were like they i think they were supposed to have been undercover in the US for 3 years and the implication was that Yelena was only three when it started. Right. And so she, all of her early childhood yeah, there, memories there were no of this Ohio life. For her. Yeah. But, you know, then 25 years later, I guess. I can't remember what year it's supposed to be at the beginning. 89? 
I feel like it's supposed to be the 90s. 90, well, whatever it is. Like, she's an adult and is picking up this banter with her sister that's sophisticated for a six-year-old. You know, like, if if you're teenagers when you're separated or preteens and already have that bickering, like, you know, back and forth, then I could see picking that up when you're reunited. But the way that she's talking to yeah, they'd Black be Widow is like... Yeah, it's it. She was too little to still feel that. Unless they were still together in the red room to some degree, and like, you it's know, implied if, if that we got to see, yeah. well, that's a, yeah, like uh, they were both there though. So it's like, you know, it, it we should yeah. ha- there should have been some of them growing up in proximity, and uh, she should have reached some level of maturity before the mind control stuff was introduced, but um. You know, it's an, it's another clumsy thing about the whole mind control idea. Is that like, are they still spies or are they just assassins? Like, because like mm-hmm. when we're introduced to Natasha, she's like, you know, it's like it's you know, and also when we're when we're introduced to all of them at the beginning of this movie, it's subterfuge. It's pretending to be, you know, it's infiltrating. It's you know, different accents, different lives. You know, like it's not just super soldier sneaking around shooting people. So like, can you? How how deep is the mind control? Can you make them play a role? You know, like it just uh, I don't know. It's 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 it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> also, wasn't crazy about Taskmaster, uh, the uh, the daughter assassin villain in the comics. Like I was looking forward to Taskmaster, but also was kind of expecting it to turn out to be Rachel Vice. And I'm, like you were saying, and I agree that it would have been more interesting for the mother figure to be the ultimate villain, but also more predictable. So I, I can see, you know, having her be part of the team, uh, zagging instead of zigging or whatever. No, but, I didn't mean for Rachel Vice to be... Oh, just for the, the leader villain. to be a mother... For the leader fi- well, to either, be a woman. Way. Like, to I have think, been yeah. a mother figure to Rachel Weiss and to explain uh, why see, she was, like, content to continue playing along all that time was that, you know, she she was in her family unit by staying with the right. Red Room. Yeah, not for her to be the villain. Well, I like I liked I liked her having a softer side... Anyway, back to Taskmaster. Uh, yeah, I was expecting Rachel Weiss to turn out to be a villain and, you know, find that she wasn't. But so in the comics, Taskmaster is a dude. I don't care about the gender swap, whatever. But the main thing about him is that he's just some dipshit. Like, he's not world-class anything. He's just a guy who can copy any fighting moves he sees. So he watches a lot of kung fu movies and footage of the Avengers and stuff to copy and other villains, like just footage of whoever to copy their fighting style. And then is like a bank robber. Like he's a, he's low stakes. He's a, he's he's just a stupid asshole who has this power. <laughs> and uh, like his big his big thing is deciding to open a school for henchmen where he uses his ability to copy powers to teach other henchmen to be henchmen. And like. That that's the sort of character he is. So it was a bummer to have all that sort of uh, goofiness and uh, stupidity and you know this sort sort of uh, uh, like I, I don't I don't know he I, he just is more fun in the comics. Whereas this, it's like oh let's get let's uh, 
make her have the most brutal backstory possible of getting blown up and crushed by a building and then brainwashed for her entire life by her abusive father and turned into like a cyborg or some shit. And, uh, you know, now she's been woken up with the magic gas too. So maybe, uh, it's a similar scenario to Yelena and she had a goofy personality hidden under there and is gonna become a dipshit girl boss trying to run her own villain school in whatever comes next, but I kind of doubt it. They haven't mm -hmm. really established the character as, cap as you know, invested in that, and uh, that's just kind of a bummer. I don't I don't like seeing a fun character turned into a, a grim, grim, gritty character. You have any final thoughts? I don't think women are allowed to be dipshits in the MCU. I think a man can be, like Red Guardian... But I think that the women are allowed to, like, crack wise. And the only one I can think of is um, Mantis. And she's portrayed as more like an, an innocent than a dipshit. I, I wonder how they could do that without I mean, it. I mean, Jessica Jones was that, but... You know, she's been excised with, with all the Netflix stuff. But, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I agree. They, uh, there, there aren't enough, uh, lovable asshole women in, in the MCU. Because, uh, it's be, like, they fall into that, you know, sitcom, uh, you know, the honeymooners and beyond dynamic of, like, the doofy asshole guy and his, serious put upon female counterpart like mm -hmm. pretty much uh uniformly yeah but who knows maybe maybe that'll be ground they can revisit with um either the new hawkeye or the new black widow well i just like to i just like to enjoy something in phase four as much as I've enjoyed some of the things in the past. But, I mean, like, the thing is, you know, having been to a Fast and the Furious movie and an DCEU movie and having things to look forward to, like, that Ghostbusters movie that I totally forgot about but then saw a trailer for it and I was like, all right, that didn't come out last year either. I want to see that. Um, You know, there's... Like, I still enjoy and appreciate the MCU enough at this point to show up for whatever they've got on offer and expect it to be executed better than a lot of the other fare that's available. But uh, it would be really refreshing to see something and walk out with any kind of desire to see it again in the future. Mm. No, knowing that our podcast often demands that of us. Like, what... What am I going to want to see again, starting with, like, Captain Marvel? You know, I don't know. I, there are a few films coming out that I'm really hopeful about. Like, I'm actually really looking forward to the Doctor Strange sequel. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder. So, you know, I think there's potential. I can't, I can't wait to see the She-Hulk TV show. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but... This, I mean, you and I were expecting this to be a bit of a flat note. And yeah. I'm sorry that it just was. But yeah. I saw it with my new niece, who is 14. 
and relatively new to the MCU, not watching them in any specific order, but, you know, sort of watching the ones that, like, she's watching a lot of them, but not watching all of them as far as I can tell. And her favorite movie before this was Captain Marvel, and this is her new favorite. And for her, just having it be so female-centric, female-led was what she was looking for and finding in those two films more than the others and not having as big a vocabulary for what it could be. She was really happy with what it was, which was um, a nice check to my sour grapes response to a lot of it to say, nah, this, this kid had a good time watching this film and I guess I did too. So thanks for the, Lovely evening, MCU. Well, join us next time when we will uh, talk about Loki. Yeah, wrap that up. Bye. Bye.